Blog Talk Radio. Live from Talladega, you're in the pit stop with Tenda Spain and Stephen Wilson on the Speedway Digest Radio Network, Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher Radio, and your Apple Podcast. Live from Dagan Nation, I'm Tim Spain alongside SpeedwayDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson up in the Commonwealth of Virginia, just right outside of Richmond International Raceway. But at this time, we have my good friend, Reverend Joe, big loyal Reverend Joe, coming on to do our invocation. Let's welcome Reverend Joe into the pit stop, Tim Spain and Stephen Wilson. Reverend Joe, how you doing tonight, my friend? And before you get on me about the Twitter thing, we've had some storms come through here, and it could be electric. I have been working my tail off. I apologize, but I will definitely call you. I am so sorry. It's okay. You don't have to apologize. It, it, things happen. I've been going crazy myself for all kinds of stuff. And Miss Betty's up in Washington trying to get her house emptied out. And I sold the house last week, which amazed her because I refused to use it a real estate agent, and she didn't think that was a possible thing to do, but worked out great. But um, I haven't seen her in a month, which is driving me crazy, and her too. So we're getting there, though. We'll be together here in a couple of weeks and be done. I bet it is, Reverend. Congratulations on getting everything done and the deal with the house sold and everything. Y'all get back down here in Southern California. Everything will be great, bud. Yep, I'm here in Southern California. My joints are loving it. <laughs> yes, sir. I bet they are. When you get this old, you can feel everything you ever did. I know it. I, I know it, Reverend. And I and I'm not saying that you're old, but I'm not I'm old, old. But I'm older than I was. And like you said, when 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 stuff starts happening, especially after me, you know, I've had two back surgeries, a shoulder surgery, and it's like whenever the weather changes, it just like you just ache and everything. But yep. I mean, the 110 degrees down here is way better than the wet and rain up there. I thought you was going to say you was 110 years old. Well, I'm close to that. <laughs> Some days I feel that way when I wake up. I, so I'm just this carrying on, started Reverend. Before we get in trouble. Yes, sir. Go we, ahead, Reverend. I think we're going to get this thing started before we get in trouble. <laughs> yes, Lord, sir. Go ahead, Reverend Jeff. Lord, we come before you, and we thank you for all you do. We thank you for the safety of our racers all over the country. And we thank you in advance for this weekend and this week and all that goes on in the racing circles. We pray for all of them. We ask your blessings upon all of them. And we ask you to draw them all to yourself so that they come to know Jesus, so that they can go to heaven. And we can have a heck of a race up there. We thank you for all you do. Please watch over our country and watch over our soldiers all over the world. And watch out over their families back home. Keep them all safe and be with them. 
and be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Reverend Joe. Invocation, Reverend Joe. The uh, Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series is going to be in your neck of the woods there at Sonoma for their first road course race of the season. Are you going to be able to go, bud? Well, I wish I could. Unfortunately, it's about a 13-hour drive from here, and the motorhome is just not in shape. And Miss Betty's up in Washington, and she'd kill me if I went without her. So, well, once again, unfortunately, due to finances and such, we can't afford it, but we're definitely going to make sure we get there next year. Yes, sir. That sounds great, Reverend. And, Reverend, I want to thank you again. I'll probably do it every week, but thank you for being loyal and coming on and doing our invocation. We really appreciate it. Let let everybody know where they can follow you at on social media and your website, my friend. Well, they can follow me on uh, – well, first of all, they can email me at ontrackwithjesus at AOL.com. Our website is ontrackwithjesus.com. Uh, I'm sorry, OnTrackWithJesus.org, and my phone number is uh, 951-232-7630. You can follow me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. Uh, Twitter is Rev Joe Bubico, and I believe it's Rev Joe Bubico on Facebook. That sounds good, Reverend. Everybody follow Reverend Joe. He does a great job with uh, the On Track with Jesus and with the uh, Speedway Ministry stuff there that he does at the uh, tracks, uh, not not only your big tier tracks there with NASCAR, but your local short tracks. Correct, Reverend? Yes, sir. I was at the Orange Show Speedway in San Bernardino last weekend, which has been my West Coast home track. Um, might get out to Paris Speedway for the dirt this weekend, but um, there's a lot of local tracks we go to and bring the word of God to all these people, and uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's a great experience, and 
this has been an amazing week. You know, with Father's Day on Sunday, my dogs, which are up there with Miss Betty, sent me the most beautiful uh, Father's Day card that actually sounds like it came from their words. And they bought me a new 50-inch TV and a uh, love seat that's electric recliner in every direction. And then Miss Betty bought me a pickup truck. Reverend Joe, you moving on up in the world, ain't you, bud? Well, you know, like I, said, <laughs> I sold the house before, and she's all excited. And it's a used truck. She wanted to get me a new one, and I said, nope. I only need a pickup truck for beating things around, so I don't want a new one. They're too expensive. But yep, um, they, I'm living exactly. large, except I'm living large, except I haven't seen Betty in a month. So she'll be down here in a couple of weeks, and we'll get things together and. Actually, I'm going up there, and then we're going to drive down here together, and it's insanity, but we'll get it done. And by August 1st or so, after that, we'll all be together permanently in California. Amen, Reverend Joe. Tell Miss Betty we said hello when you talk to her, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday night, bud. Thanks again. Great invocation. Absolutely. Thank you. God bless you all. All God bless you too, Reverend. That was a Reverend there, and uh, we've got a... CEO of SpeedwayDigest.com, a good friend up there in the Commonwealth of Virginia, Mr. Stephen Wilson. Let's bring him in. He's coming in here a little bit late. I'm pretty sure he had something going on, but Stephen Wilson from SpeedwayDigest.com. Let's get ready to rumble! Stephen, how you doing tonight, son? Everything okay up that way? Yeah, we're doing all right up here. Oh. Everything's doing okay tonight, so uh, um, nothing really going on with the weather today. I mean, it was hot yesterday, but not so hot today, so that's a good thing. Yeah, we got we got the same here. We you know, we got a, had a lot of cloud cover here. You know, we got that tropical storm Sandy brewing down there in the Gulf, just about I don't know how far to, from here to Gulf Shores, about three hundred and thirty something miles when I drive it, but just right off the shore there we got tropical storm Cindy. We don't know what that's gonna do, but Megan Thomas at ABC thirty three forty tells me just everything's gonna be fine, which we are on the bad side of it, but we don't expect it to strengthen to a hurricane. So we're probably just gonna get a lot a lot of rain. So that's the that's a big thing there. Maybe we won't get a bunch of wind, but you know how that goes, Stephen. You're right there close to the coast too, they're right off of Virginia, and sometimes when they get closer, the forecasters just can't forecast, and then it blows up into a dead gum hurricane, and you get all that wind, uh, power outages, power lines down, poles broke. Uh, maybe it won't get that bad here, Steve. Yeah, you know we we uh, we tend to get some late stuff up here. Uh, being here in the, uh, the Mid Atlantic, and you know we've got this uh, you know Gulf that runs up the coast, right off the coast from us. So, you know, they can, they sit and they talk about hurricanes and tropical storms and depressions and nor'easters and all kinds of crazy stuff that comes through our way. But, you know, you can never be really too sure sometimes what, uh, you know, what's going to happen because at the last minute, if the, if the, if the, if the Gulf Stream moves you know, inland uh, goes out to sea. You know, some of these. Uh, you know, I, I don't know all this stuff, but you know, I've been living around here long enough. You, 
sort of stuff that you listen to. If it moves a little bit one direction or another direction, it depends on, you know, whether this thing will bounce off the coast and go up into New England or whether it'll come into us or whether it'll go south of us or, you know, whether it'll just totally miss us uh, altogether. So, you know, a lot of around here is a, you know, unfortunately for us, a lot of waiting and seeing to the last minute. So, you know, uh, I'm sure it's a little bit different for you guys down there being down in that, in the Gulf. And, uh, you know, that's where that Gulf stream starts at. So, you know, it's a little bit different for you guys. It is, David. It's a little, little bit tricky, but you know, uh, you can't forecast the weather too far out. So you know, you just sort of have to sit back and see what's going to happen, prepare, and all that kind of stuff. But just let it, to let everybody know, the number to call in is two one five three eight three thirty six eighty one. I'm Tim Spain alongside SpeedwayDigest.com. Stephen Wilson. We're going to talk a little bit of NASCAR Camper World Truck Series racing, Stephen, from out there at Gateway Motorsports Park. John Hunter Nemechek won the fourth annual Driven for Lyman 200, his fourth victory in 61 NASCAR Camper World Truck, Truck Series races. John Hunter sort of blossomed a little bit. Steve. You know, uh, him and his dad, you know, they had some sponsorship problems, but they they sort of getting some some finances coming in, and uh, John Hunter sort sort of looking a little bit a little bit better this year than he has the past couple of years, Stephen. Yeah, you know, you know, if you look back to last year when, you know, he had that kind of, uh, you know, debatable win with him and Paul Foster up at Canadian Fire Motorsports Park. And, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people didn't think, you know, whether he deserved to win on that one or not. You know, this year he has really come out and he's battling a lot of people in that field that are a whole lot more coming uh, than he is and that team is. Out there, and you take a look at Gateway, and I know we only had 30 trucks out there at Gateway, which is a very, very small field. Uh, a lot of people decided to stay home, but there were still a lot of strong trucks out there, regardless of the fact. I mean, you still had uh, Four Sport, uh, GMS, and a lot of other powerhouse teams that did come to that racetrack because they are competing on a weekly basis for that. Uh, driver and owner's championship, and, you know, they can't afford some other teams can. So, you know, for a small team like them to go out there and, and, and be able to, you know, start up, start up like they did, you know, they got a little bit behind there uh, in the mid, you know, three-quarter part of the race, and they were able to rally back right there at the end. Um, you know, that just shows that, you know, that team is uh, – a never give up attitude. They have to be in this in these situations because you know uh, now it locks them into the, in, into the playoffs later this year. Uh, in K World Truck Series, when they, um, you know we, we're already halfway through the season in this already, but you know regardless of that, they're they're now locked in. For a small team like this, they can kind of rest easy uh, while these powerhouse teams. Some of them are still having to fight for these, you know, just handful of spots that are open halfway through the Camper World Truck Series season. And, Stephen, you were talking about it was a small field there at uh, Gateway Motorsports Park there for the uh, fourth annual driven for Lyman 200 there. Uh, just to throw out to some of our listeners that might be, you know, sort of tuning in and not really understand why we had a, we had a small field. You know, you had Red Horse Racing. They closed the door, so that took a couple of trucks out of the 
scenario also. And just also throw, you know, throw this at you. You know, John Hunter, John Hunter Nemechek, uh, he led three times for 46 laps. But the guy that led the most laps was uh, Chase Briscoe and in, in the number 29 forward for uh, Brad Kiss last year. Race. He led three times also, but for 88 laps. Briscoe had a fast truck too, Steve. No, he did. I mean, this is two weeks in a row. He's been very, very fast, and unfortunately, he's come up just shy uh, in in two two races. Um, he he's obviously been the dominant truck. He finished second second the week prior. Uh, he finished second this time. I mean, there's there's just you know that team is right there. And they're battling very, very hard for Brad Keselowski racing and Chase Briscoe. And this is a guy that that come from the dirt tracks. And this is a guy that we've uh, seen go out there and do a lot of, uh, you know, really go out there and battle very hard against some of these veteran drivers out there and really put take them to task uh, using some of those dirt skills and even – you know, you're looking at home, watching this kid drive out there. He's really done some amazing things when it comes to that number 29 truck. Yeah, you know, he come up, he come up through, through the ranks there in the Arca Racing Series. Did, done a great job there, also. But Stephen, let's listen to a little bit about what John John Hunter Nemechek had to say there in the media center at Gateway Motorsports Park. All right, we're going to continue with our post-race media availabilities for today's drive-in for Lineman 200 here at Gateway Motorsports Park with the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. We are joined by our race winner, John Hunter Nemechek, driver of the number 8 Chevrolet with Nemco Motorsports. Uh, John Hunter, you are now the second youngest winner here at Gateway. This is your fourth career win. A pretty impressive finish there at the end. Can you just take us through that last restart and final laps, please? Yeah, um, I was hoping to see a caution there with 10 or 12 to go. I felt like we had the truck to beat um, if we had track position. Um, we took the, the call at the green flag stop to take two tires, and uh, I felt like that was the call to make when uh, the guys in front of us pitted for no tires, and we came out right behind them, and we were running them down. Um, tires, they were, I don't want to say they were huge tonight, um, but track position was everything. Clean air was everything. And uh, a lot of guys were shifting in turn one and two, and that's kind of where I was getting beat um, through the restarts and through the final laps. And uh, luckily, we freed up enough to where I didn't have to shift and I could keep my momentum up. And um, I got a run on Crafton there past the four. They got together and then uh, got a run on Crafton, was able to get by him, and uh, just was trying to drive a smart race. Um, we've had really fast trucks this year, um, but our luck hopefully has changed now. All right, we'll open up to questions for John Hunter. Please raise your hand. We'll get a wireless mic to you. We'll start here with Matt. We'll start up here on the side. Kevin Howdashilla. Kevin Howdashilla, STL Motorsport Magazine. Um, you've had some great runs here in the past last few years. You led your first laps here a few years back. How does it feel to finally get that monkey off your back at Gateway Motorsports Park? <laughs> it feels really good to get the monkey off of our back, not only for Gateway Motorsports Park, but for this year in general. Um, we've had really fast trucks, like I said, and um, I've run up front. I've led laps here the last two years and um, have either gotten taken out or made a mistake and ended up wrecked. Um, still finished third and sixth the past two years, but turn three has been treacherous for me with five to go. So um, I'm just glad we didn't have a caution there at the end. 
Um, I don't know if the four would have had anything for us or not, but it feels really good to break through. Um, hopefully we can keep this momentum going on to Iowa, another place I really like next week. So um, our short track program is really good. The, our truck has a few bumps and bruises, but nothing our body guy can't work out Monday, and uh, we'll be taking the same truck to Iowa. Thank you. Before Dan, we you haven't changed yet? Before we resume questions, uh, we are now joined by our uh, truck owner for the race winning team, Joe Nemechek. Uh, Joe, let me be one of the first to wish you happy Father's Day here after this win. Uh, talk a little bit about what it was to watch uh, your son win this race today. Well, that today was a very special day. Uh, uh, you know, as far as our, our team, we've been working so hard. We only have six guys that actually touch our trucks. And Basically, we have one guy back at the shop that's just, we hang all of our bodies, we build all of our own parts, we do everything, and uh, it's just so, it's a lot of work, and it takes a lot of dedication. Um, I know myself, Jerry Kennan, our crew chief, and the guys that we have are all dedicated. They're racers. They want to race. They want to win, and that's why we're here. I mean, it's, believe me, financially, uh, it's, it's been really tough to be in the position we're in right now. And it's taken everything that I have to get here. And uh, I mean, our future in this deal is, is not certain. Uh, hopefully this can spark some more interest for sponsorship because we just, we've been, we've been uh, slack on sponsorship. You know, for this race, we had some people come on board at the last minute. We had one local company that stepped up, but uh, uh, what it costs to come here and be competitive is really tough. And, uh, I just can't thank my guys for, for all the work, and I can't thank John Hunter for for what he does on the racetrack. It's very incredible watching him drive and seeing what he's done going, you know, through the ranks from motorcycles, uh, little 65 to quarter midgets to Allison Leg Legacies to late models, you know, winning the Snowball Derby, almost won it three in a row. You know, just it just keeps stepping up. You know, now in the truck series, uh, uh, we've been contenders all year. Every race, we've been contenders. And we just seem to have bad luck over our head this year, and it's, it's good to finally get it off. And uh, just a lot of hard work. All right, we'll go, to, we'll go to Matt for a question. Uh, Matt Crossman with the NASCAR Artist Service. Joe, what did you say when you uh, poked your head in a, in, a, in a truck when John Hunter pulled up? And then have you guys ever been in a race before, because you raced today too, in which one or the other of you won? Well, uh, what, what I what I'll tell John Hunter, I said he deserves that. He's really emotional because he he's been through so much on uh, not only working on the on the trucks. I mean, he's my engineer at the shop. Uh, he's taking care of notes, tires. He does everything, and he helps put the trucks together. He was la there uh, the night before last. We were nutting and bolting until 6 o'clock at night to get the truck out of there so it could get here. But he's involved in every aspect of it, and I think that makes a better race car driver. But, you know, he was emotional in the truck, and I just I wanted to tell him that uh, he's the man. He drove his butt off tonight. His truck stayed under him, and he he's the one that got that win. We gave him something to drive, and he went and got it because he wanted it. And as far as the racing part, we have uh, raced each other in legacy cars. We've raced each other in late models. 
I beat him once. He beat me more more than I've beat him. Um, and I mean, we're very very competitive. You know, it's 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 not. Uh, we're a very competitive family, and right now the the future is not about me. It's about this young man and. Uh, I raised him the best I know how and tried to teach him all the right values and, and it's up to him to learn what to do on the racetrack. I tried to help tutor him just like we've done so many other drivers and uh, he's been able to take it and take it to the next level. But uh, you know, right now it's, it's about trying to find dollars just to keep going and doing one truck is, is believe me, it's, it's all the work we can stand. But uh, fortunately I had a very short night but I was down trying to help the two guys uh, make good decisions, and uh, they just look at me and tell me to calm down all the time because <laughs> I get a little excited sometimes. Oh, I well, I I get I get. At first, it didn't really didn't bother me as driving because I've been there and I've been doing this for twenty something years, almost thirty years now. So when he gets the tough, the probably the toughest races I go to are Talladega. Well, they're out there, and believe me, I've won my share, and I've been on my roof a few times. So, and you just see the stuff unfolding. It's like, man, that's gonna hurt, you know. And but somehow he makes it through I mean, most of the time. And uh, tonight, you know, you just see things going on. But we've gotten so much better as a race team, and it's his feedback that helps us make our trucks better. And he never got loose tonight. I mean, guys were down side drafting them a couple years ago. You know, Matt Crafting got on the outside of them. And we didn't have our truck tight enough. And he got loose and hit Matt, and, you know, they both wrecked. And, but we've gotten smarter as a team on what we need to do and how we need to have our trucks. And now they drive so much better, and it makes it a lot easier to run. I mean, it's just – and when, when you're competing against uh, KBM, who's been doing this and won so many races, it's hard to beat those guys. They just have a huge notebook, and they've got a lot bigger budget than we're working with. I mean, huge compared to us. So we try to figure out as a small guy what you got to do to get the advantage over them, and, and we work at that. I mean, believe me, I work a lot of hours, and uh, we're always thinking of new things and new ways to try and outsmart these guys. But that's if you don't have the dollars to out-dollar out them, you got to outsmart them. We'll come up here. John Hunter, what, it's, what is it like to uh, be able to give your dad a, a Father's Day gift? As, hard, as emotional as you was in Victor Lane. Yeah. Um, that emotion was from all the hard work and hours that we put in. and uh, It hasn't been the best year for us finish-wise. We've run really good right off the truck each and every week. Um, but we haven't been able to capitalize on what we needed to when we have fast trucks. And tonight we just played it smart and... Uh, Dad actually came on the radio a couple times and just said, be smart, just make it to the end, and uh, it, it worked out. But back to your question, um, to give him a Father's Day gift, um, something like this is very special um, as a boss, as a mentor, as a dad. Um, pretty much everything that he is to me, um, it, it's definitely inspiring seeing what he does for me and I won't ever be able to thank him enough so this is just uh, a small part of me <laughs> giving him a present but um, this is 
this trophy is definitely better than the Father's Day Olympics one at Michigan a few years ago. Absolutely. And Stephen, that was John Hunter Namachek there in the media center at uh, Gateway Motorsports Park after he won the fourth annual, driven for Lineman 200. And I think that was Joe maybe talking there about KBM, you know, uh, Cal Bush Motorsports, you know, they get funding, they got the money. And just like he mentioned, you know, uh, when he, when your team does not have the funding and the money, you sort of have to outsmart them. Correct, Stephen. And I think John Hunter and uh, the whole team there with uh, Nemechek Motorsports done a great job there at uh, Gateway Motorsports Park. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's one of the only ways that you're going to go out there and you're going to do that. Um and they obviously did so. I mean, they outran a lot of guys, a lot of guys that night. Uh, you know, Kyle Busch Motorsports obviously being one of the very strong teams out there. Some of their own drivers having problems uh, throughout the night. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Gillen uh, having a problem in his truck, forcing him to the garage earlier into the night. Uh, you know, Christopher Bell, he's a uh, you know, he's a very strong driver out there. He was the defending champion coming back in from uh, 20, uh, 2016. So, I mean, these, there's a lot of drivers out there that are very strong, not only on that team, but other teams that they were able to go out there and run and uh, outsmart them and get that victory and in uh, the and uh, the driven of the lineman 200. And, Stephen, let's switch gears. Let's go over to Michigan International Speedway. Uh, very fast track. Very, very, very fast. You're carrying 208, 209, 210 sometimes. It's depending on the driver going in, corner entry. And the NASCAR Xfinity Series were there for the 26th annual Irish Hills 250. And Denny Hamlin won that race. That's the first win this year for Joe Gibbs Racing. You know, Joe Gibbs Racing uh, was – the past couple of years have been dominant with that Toyota and uh, they're, they don't have any wins this time. And I mean, you know, they're not doing as well as they normally do in the monster energy series there in the cup cup deal. But talk a little bit about uh, Michigan, Stephen. I mean, you know, it's a two mile, it's not a really high bank over like Daytona or here at my home track, Talladega, but they carry so much speed, Stephen, going into the corners and NASCAR has uh, brought that uh that multi-tread tire this weekend that uh, Larry Mack always talks about on Fox Sports. The inside part of it is a harder compound versus the outside is a little bit softer. So that probably gives the teams a little bit more, you know, to sort of cheat the camber. Stephen, if I can say that, I I shouldn't have said cheat, but sort of take the camber to a little bit stronger edge to get a little bit more corner in and corner off. If I'm correct, Stephen. Yeah, it, I mean, what it does is, is that that multi-tread or the multi-zone tire out there gives them about eight to ten inches of that tread width. Um, I think it's about eight inches of it is that hard compound, which allows them to put some more side load on these on these tires out here. But you know, also at the same time. Um, we're we're seeing a lot of teams going out there and we're seeing uh you know that side load in these cars also 
blowing the tires out and getting some of these teams really into trouble at the same time, uh, you know, blowing tires and, uh, you know, wrecking some good cars out there. But, you know, this is, you know, this was developed, this was put out there, uh, you know, since last year in 2016. So, I mean, these are fairly relatively new for the most part. But, you know, teams are starting to adjust to them a little bit more, seeing where their strengths and weaknesses are. And, you know, especially at tracks like this, I mean, we're really carrying that speed into the corners out there, as you said. You know, it is a very fast track going around that front straightaway, that long sweeping front straightaway. It's not exactly straight, but it sweeps and allows you to carry a lot, a lot of speed down into turn one. You know, you also do the same exact thing uh, out at um, at uh, Auto Club Speedway. And you're getting in there into the mid-200s, high-200s out there. I mean, we were seeing speeds in, like, those two weights and then pushing higher out there. And that really, when you go out there into that turn one, you're side-loading those cars out there, which is really um, what these tires were helping or developed for. Uh, But, you know, at the same time, it's also, you know, I think what we've also seen is, We've also seen it, it it's hurt some of the competition at the same time. Um, you know, as the speeds have increased, uh, if, if you noticed at some portions of the race, even the, the leader has been able to get out to those two, two and a half, three, four second uh, leads. And, uh, you know, we kind of need to get away from that. So, you know, while it's good that, you know, the safety – uh, aspect of it, and the side loads are allowing you know the the teams to go and work on it a little bit more. As far as that, uh, it, it's done two things. It's obviously you know teams are putting too much side load on it in some cases, and it's got them in trouble. And and two, um, we've we've also seen where and now allows because of this added safety benefit, where now the teams are you know, able to push that car much, much closer to the track service. Um, it creates the arrow effect where the side load, the suspension and everything is pushing that car closer and closer to the track surface because the tires are now allowing this. Um, you know, they're able to, to run these high 200s in these 206, 208, 210 speeds um, into the corners and uh, really just get out there very, very fast and, and open the fields up a little bit more. And, Stephen, uh, Clint Boyer made the comment, you know, Michigan International Speedway brought that quote-unquote what 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 Clint mentioned, the that tire dragging thing. They brought that in, you know, they've, they've done it at Bristol Motor Speedway, and, you know, back then, you know, they brought in that sticky resin stuff, whatever it's called, but Clint mentioned about that tire thing that they brought in. And they drug the tires around, you know, trying to bring a, uh, uh, for say you, a top groove coming in because, you know, the fastest way around a racetrack is on is on the bottom. But like you mentioned, the the tall, not really high, high bank, but the sweeping curves and everything, you carry so much speed going in. You know, like you said, uh, uh, this is the only track now that we see qualifying speeds of over 200 miles an hour since they've 
NASCAR has implemented the restrictor plate for Daytona and my home track here at Talladega. And they, do you think the tire dragging thing, Stephen, uh, that they brought in, do you think that maybe brought that uh, middle up, second groove up to sort of make some better racing, which it, from what I've seen, I, I watched some good racing, Stephen. Uh, you know, I, I don't think we really saw any effect there. Um, you know, if, you know, the tire dragon there, it's just too big. The track is just way too big. Uh, I mean, they'd be trying to, like, bring the tire dragon there or bring it to Daytona and expect that, you know, you know, teams yeah. trying to jump outside of the, 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 the draft or outside of the pack racing and, and try and run all by themselves in a top groove or a low groove and um, expect the racing to change. Um, the track is just a little too big for that. Um, you know, it, it, it's just it, it, that in, it, that in all in itself really hasn't really didn't change the racing, the complexity of racing at all. The, the, the problem and the inherent problem is and will always continue to be is that you know, we, we, we spoke just a little bit on this last week is, um, you know, these these cars, you know, they're, the aero effect on these cars is just to the point where there has to be something done with the car itself. No amount of tire drivers and the VHT and, you know, all the other, you know, mechanisms in place that the tracks are trying and even NASCAR is trying, um, you know, the low the low downforce and the even lower downforce that they brought in this year, they take it cumulatively somewhere around, um, I think it's between 17 and 1900 pounds of downforce away from the car since 2015. Um, if you add it up between the, you know, what they took away in the testing in 2016 and then what they've totally, what they've taken away this year in the car. So, you know, while the car is a little bit more slippery out there and, you know, it works great on some tracks, it doesn't work great on every track. So while there's just no one, you know, unfortunately, you know, there's just no one cure to fix all. Uh, you know, the VHT, you know, works great at a place like, you know, uh, 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 Bristol. But however, you know, the VHT, we saw them try to do exactly. it at Charlotte and it didn't work out. It, it didn't work out that great. Uh, you know, we saw where the low downforce package worked really, really good at a place like Kentucky. However, the, the low, the even lower downforce package that we have this year doesn't work everywhere that we go this year. So, I mean, you know, it's it, it's not one size fit all. We can't right. We we can't just. It's just you know we can't have a cookie cutter model for this, and you know it works everywhere because it's just not going to work like that unfortunately the cars are getting faster the roles and the engineers are getting you know the, the engineers are getting smarter which the rules are not being compensated for um you know there's there's a lot of things at play unfortunately in this situation and you know 
this is a criticism for anybody. You know, NASCAR is working on this. The teams are working on it. Uh, the manufacturers are working on it. The tracks are working on it. Everybody is working on this problem. And, you know, all of them at the end of the day, if they had a if they had a magic solution to this, you know, they could wave their wand and say, okay, here's the fix. But unfortunately, we don't have it yet. I think what the fix is eventually going to come down to, and, you know, you know, as a disclaimer, I'm nowhere near an engineer at all. But the fix, I think, is going to have to come from a wholesale change, not only of just the rules itself, but from the car itself. I think we're going to have to get to a car where it's less aero-dependent, uh, not only on itself, but other cars in the field, um, and take away some of these things that engineering-wise, um, while still keeping the safety aspects. Very well said, Stephen. Let's listen to a little bit about what uh, the 26th annual Irish Hills 250 winner there in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, uh, Mr. Denny Hamlin and uh, Crew Chief Christopher Gaypart had to say there in the Media Center there at Michigan, Michigan International Speedway. We can, we'll go ahead and start our winner's press conference here for today's 26th annual Irish Hills 250 at Michigan International Speedway in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And we are joined by our race winner, Denny Hamlin, driver of the number 20 Hisense Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing. We also have crew chief Chris Gabehart, and we also have with Joe Gibbs Racing, Mr. Steve D'Souza. Let's start with you, Denny. Your race today with William Byron, the final laps. Uh, please walk us through that incredible battle you had there with the nine car. Yeah, it was definitely more interesting than I was hoping the last, you know, 16 laps would be. Uh, we obviously had a great lead there. And, uh, you know, with that restart, I knew that it was going to be important. Uh, whoever got to fir- turn one um, first was, was going to come out with a lead. Um, and he ended up getting a great shove uh, from the 22 in that second-to-last restart and, um, and cleared me. And uh, there was nothing I could do. It was the 9 and the 22 actually cleared me into one. Um, and there was nothing I could do. Uh, I thought that I wanted to race the 9 more than the 22, so I chose to push him uh, past the 22 down the back straightaway uh, and, and, and get him the lead. Um, but, uh, you know, his car was really good in late in runs, and uh, obviously we had one more restart, and uh, we just drug race, drag race all the way to 1. I got a push from the 22. He was getting pushed from the 1. We were banging doors uh, into turn 1. And uh, I, I tried to hold it wide open through one and two on the bottom, but I just got a little bit loose. He was able to clear us, and I knew from that point it was all about just uh, hanging. His, I needed to have a, a perfect three and four to make sure I could draft up to him up the front stretch, and that's exactly what I did and uh, put him in a in, a, in somewhat of a bad arrow spot there by showing my nose a little bit low, and uh, it just got him a little bit loose, just enough for me to get beside him. And, uh, you know, the crazy part was is we went so low down the back straightaway that uh, there was dust and stuff flying off the tires. And when we went into turn three, we almost wrecked because we had so much trash on our tires. And I think that that was key for me because uh, he had just as much trash, and he got up the racetrack, 
and I was able to hang on his left rear quarter panel by an inch or two, and that gave me the advantage I needed. I knew once I came off turn four on his left rear, you know, a little bit behind him, that we were going to be in front by the time we got to the line. Chris, congratulations on the win today. And, you know, you obviously uh, had a fast Toyota Camry out there. But when he gets down to a final lap situation like that where you have two guys going for it to win, what's it like for, for the crew chief being on the box and being an observer uh, of that as it comes down to the finish? Well, you guys just heard that, right? That's play-by-play -play from a pro. So today, super glad to have the experienced guy in the seat because William Byron with years will gain that. But a guy like Denny Hamlin's ever able to think through every second of that at 190 mile an hour and know exactly where he needs to be at each second. And that's why we were here today. We had a fast car, and I think we were going to win it either way. But when it came down to experience at the end, I'll take him all day long. Steve, this is the third consecutive win here at Michigan International Speedway in the Xfinity Series for Joe Gibbs Racing. How satisfying is that for you? Well, obviously, we're very satisfied. It doesn't come easy, any of them. And uh, to have a day like this, it was a special day, obviously, when you get to see the close racing. Uh, that's what we're looking for and the fans like. And uh, and it was just great to see it come from behind and Denny hold it off, work hard, get it. Uh, proud of all of our guys at JGR and, and everybody in, in our series, too, did a great job today. Okay. We'll open the floor for questions. We'll start here with Reed and work our way around. Um, I've got two questions for Denny. Um, Reed Spencer with NASCAR Wire Service. Um, I guess, uh, was it nice to get a break for a change? The first caution you clearly didn't need, the second one you did. And yeah. and then the second one is, did you realize that he was closing back up on you when you got to the line and, and how close he got? Yeah, I knew there wasn't going to be enough time, though. I mean, there's there's a certain amount of time it takes when you side draft past somebody, it takes a certain amount of time for them to then get the advantage and then try, side draft past you. And there just wasn't enough line time between turn four and um, in, in the start-finish line. Um, so it, I knew I was in a really good position. As soon as I came off turn four, you know, just barely up beside him, I was very confident uh, that we were going to have the right position by the time the line got there. That's the Bob and then the gentleman in the back. Uh, Bob Parker, CSPN. Uh, Denny, I have uh, two for you. The first, uh, you know, everybody kind of stayed out there with 14 laps to go. Should we, should, would it be the same tomorrow? Well, you know, the tires just did not fall off much at all um, today. I think at most it was about uh, six-tenths over 30 laps or something like that. Uh, it was a, a track position race, but uh, there was many times where we ran down the leader. Uh, weren't able to necessarily get by them, but uh, the pit crew did an amazing job. And, I, I, you know, I think we got the number one pit stall because of Kyle, right, last week? So thanks, Kyle Benjamin, for the great poll last week because that – that pit stall was key for us um, to, to move up uh, positions every pit stop. And um, I'm not sure what you saw in the first lap, but if you see Brad Keselowski and Kyle have contact um, early in the race, do you think it's going to be a crazy day? <laughs> I, you know, I was actually blocked out from it, and every time there was a replay, somebody would be driving up beside me and I couldn't see the TV. So uh, I, I, I kind of got an idea of, of what happened, but, uh, you know, that just tells you when, when they're fighting that hard to into turn one on the first lap that, Track position is a major, major key. Okay, we'll go to the back here. Zach Heiser, uh, Hillsdale TV. Um, Denny, was there anything that you did knowing that there was so much youth uh, with William there when he got the lead? Anything you tried to do to get under his feathers uh, knowing that he was so young? Well, no, not really. Uh, the only thing 
you know, I, I, I had to make a decision when him and the 22 came off turn two side by side. I actually had a pretty good run, and I either was going to try to go three wide or I had to push the nine or the 22. And at that point, I thought that if I push the, tw the nine ahead, I think I got a shot. You know, I think I can clear the 22, which I did. And uh, I would rather race the nine simply for the experience reasons, you know. Um, I, although I didn't see him really make many mistakes his last few laps, I just took advantage of the situation that I was in um, and, and kind of used him up arrow-wise. So, I, you know, it didn't matter really who it was, uh, but I thought that, uh, I, you know, I thought I made the right decision in pushing the nine to the lead there. Uh, George Poley, the Macomb Daily. Danny, uh, Byron's 19. Can you recall when, when you were a, an up-and-coming driver in, in any of the series, being a close runner-up finish like that, finisher like that, and, and how it felt and what you took from it, what you learned from it? Um, let's see. I was 19. I think I was working at Subway making sandwiches. Uh, that or working at my dad's trailer shop. So uh, I can't relate. Honestly, I mean, he's to be at this level at the age that he's is it's uh, it's a huge advantage for him, you know, for the next 20 years, 25 years, um, he's going to be starting his uh, curve, you know, a lot earlier. You know, I was you know 24, 25 when I started my NASCAR career, um, so he's got a big jump on that, and I'm sure by the time he's 24, 25, he'll be contending for Cup championships. So. Uh, you know, I think that, um, you know, these kids start younger and younger. Um, you know, nowadays, you know, it used to be when I was racing, it was eight years old. You couldn't even get anything with a motor until you were eight. Uh, now they're starting much younger than that. And so just like any other sport, the talent that's coming up is, is you know, smarter, more talented, more athletic, uh, and, and, and better than probably you are. So you got to use up the good time while you're here. Go to your back left to Colton. Colton Wood, Auto Week. With this win, you probably have some confidence heading into tomorrow. And with Joe Gibbs Racing in the Cup Series, has yet to win. Um, but three of the four drivers have won at Michigan. And you starting fifth and Kyle starting fourth. Is this kind of the track that you might think maybe ha is the, the breakthrough moment for Joe Gibbs Racing? Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I thought that we had a lot of cars that were very good in practice. Uh, I liked my car quite a bit. Um, and that's something that we hadn't had on a mile and a half, two mile racetrack in a while. So we're, we're trying slowly but surely getting better. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to, you know, we're not going to go from where we've been running, you know, in the latter half of the top 10 to winning every week, uh, you know, this week or next week, it's going to take some time. Uh, but I've really worked hard over the last month trying to find speed and in myself and trying to uh, figure out what I need to do to go faster no matter whether it's an Xfinity car or, or, or a cup car. So it's, it's paying off. I feel like I am getting a little bit better. Uh, it's taken me a while to adjust to these aero packages that we keep changing to every single year. Um, and uh, it usually is about half the way through the season where I start getting in rhythm. And so, um, you know, hopefully this is a sign of good things. Do we have additional questions? David Adams didn't handle there. Uh, he won the uh, the NASCAR Xfinity Series race there at Michigan. He brought up a good point, you know. Uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, there's, like we mentioned earlier, they're sort of, they're slacking a little bit on uh, speed and everything, but I'm pretty sure we're going to see uh, Denny, uh, Kyle, I mean, there's going to, 
they're going to get their wins and get in the chase in the NASCAR Monster Energy Series. Yeah, you know, they, they obviously they're just not as fast as they are. But, you know, last year and last year and even back in 2013, you know, Joe Gibbs Racing really didn't start picking up and continuing for that many wins until the summer season. And we were about to start crossing that threshold when we get out of Sonoma this week. We're going to go to Daytona, Kentucky. Uh, you know, and some of these other tracks coming up after that. So I think that's where you're probably going to start um, seeing them pick up through the summer season and, uh, you know, like they have in the past, if they're going to start picking up. If not, I think that's where we're going to have to have this cause of concern just slightly um, as to, you know, what is going on. I know they've moved over to the 2018 Camry this year. Everybody else in the other two camps are still running 2017 cars. So, you know, they're running a totally redesigned, you know, car in, in, in that on that side in the Toyota camp. So, you know, they're still working and getting used to this, if that's playing some issues into this. You know, you also take a look at uh, – you know, they've they've had a lot of turnover at the same time too. They've had a lot of flux at Joe Gibbs Racing. You think of right before the season where uh, you know, uh, Greg Edwards, you know, just weeks before the season was gonna start, you know, he backs out. Then you have Dave Rogers as a crew chief. He backs down and says, you know, I need to take some time and finally he's coming back, but he's only gonna be on the Xfinity side uh of the house. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of things in flux over there that's changing very rapidly and has been changing very rapidly for them. So, you know, if this is a rebuilding year for Joe Gibbs Racing, and every team goes through this from time to time, uh, you know, we we see that and it happens. So, you know, I don't think long term you're gonna gonna see this out of them, but uh, you know, it is a little strange after their dominance for the last couple of years uh, to really. Uh, really see them not be there in the positions that they have been. Steve, you bring up another very good point. Uh, you know, talking about being on top, I want to sort of talk about college football. You know, Florida State, which is your team, my team's Auburn. Suzanne's team is Alabama. I mean, you know, we got Nick Saban there at Alabama. It's a dynasty right now, but like you say, you know, everything has to, sooner or later – Everything has to come to an end, like with Hendrick Motorsports, with Jimmy with Jimmy Johnson with the Golden Horseshoe stuck, you know, where Jeff Gordon back before he retired. Uh, you got Dale Jr. now talking about he's retiring at the end of the season. Uh, there's so much that goes on about being on top. You mentioned a very good point. You got to be on top. Well, now you've got uh, Chip Ganassi racing with Kyle Larson and uh, in the number 42 Chevrolet. Uh, the target Chevrolet there with uh, Chip, and you've got Jamie McMurray uh, and the number one also. And it's like all of a sudden, like when I interviewed Chip Ganassi at Talladega Super Speedway, I said, Chip, I said, somebody has lit a fire under Kyle Larson. I said, I mean, you know, he's just blowed up, doing great. It's a matter of time before he gets some other wins. And Chip told me, he said, Tim, it's not really Kyle, but it is Kyle, but it's the people that you surround your driver with and the chemistry. 
just like Chad Knauss and Jimmy Johnson, Stephen. And just talk a little bit about that. And also, you know, Kyle, Kyle Larson winning his second race of the year there for uh, Chip Ganassi. I mean, he's more than likely locked into the chase for the 2017 Monster Energy Cup Series championship. Yeah, I mean, at this point, he, he's got himself well in position already. Um, you know, are we going to meet that magic number of 16? It's hard to tell. But, you know, again, we're already, uh, you know, a lot of these things, we're, we're halfway through the year in, in all three of our seasons for all three series. And, you know, you're right. It's, you know, the driver has to have a lot of talent, no, no doubt about that. But you know there there's there's teams behind that talent that you know they have to build the car, build the engine, uh, the crew going over top of the wall. I mean everybody has to be working these days because a critical mistake in 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 the garage or going across the wall or bringing that car to the track or whatever the case may be uh, can damage your hopes not only for a win, but racing for that championship at the end of the year. Uh, you know, the, the sport is just so tight and so competitive these days that any and all advantages are being looked at. I mean, years ago, how many people went across the wall that were, uh, you know, were, were uh, you know, were, were trained athletes? And now they look outside of the sport to precision Athletes, these these guys are 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 college football know, players. People too. that college and NFL football players, wrestlers, um, you know, people of peak physical strength. They've got uh, all kinds of coordinators and you know conditioners, and I mean everything is being looked at right down to scientific, you know teams of doctors that some of these teams have on staff to to make sure that they are at their top and peak physical condition. Uh, you know, Hendrick Motorsports is is even making their drivers uh, participate in weekly weekly wellness programs. Uh, so I mean these all these are all the types of things that are going on uh, within the NASCAR series. Um, from drivers straight down to the guys that go across the wall to the people that work in, you know, the shops each and every week. So, I mean, these, these, there is no room for mistakes anymore. This isn't the, the, the NASCAR of 20 years ago. Um, so, I mean, there, there's a lot going on. So, you're right. It's about who you surround yourself with, top-notch people, most definitely. And Stephen, uh, let's listen to a little bit about what Kyle Larson had said in the media center there at Michigan International Speedway after he won his second uh, Cup race of the year. If I can have your attention here in the media center, we will begin now our winners press conference for the 49th annual Firekeepers Casino 400 in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, and the race winner is Kyle Larson driver of the number 42 Cars 3 Target Chevrolet for Chip Ganassi Racing. We also have Crew Chief Chad Johnston of the number 42 Chevrolet. Kyle, we'll start with you. First, I'll get this out of the way. Ka-chow. Uh, and secondly, um, you had a great car, particularly on, on restarts today, and it paid off for you at the end. 
Yeah, we had a, a pretty good short run car, I thought, and and then you know there late in the race we just were able to uh, line up in the right lanes. Um, we restarted eighth, I think, um, with I don't know 40 some laps to go, and was able to get to fourth with four tires, I think, and uh, was better than Chase at that point. And got to third, and then chased down uh, Ryan Blaney pretty quickly and got by him uh, just before that caution came out, and then Ryan gave me a heck of a push um, on the bottom lane there. To uh, shove me out in front of Kyle, which was huge. You know, I, Kyle is so good at restarts, and um, I was looking at my mirror. I could see that Chase wasn't to his back bumper, and I was just hoping we could build some momentum, Ryan and I, to uh, get the run we needed to, to uh, basically pay, play chicken, getting into three, and, and we were able to uh, hold it wide open longer than Kyle and, and squeeze in front of him. And then they started crashing, and, and uh, you know, I knew the top lane would be the best place to restart, and, and I uh, liked who I saw in my mirror, I can't remember really who it was. I think the 22 was in my mirror the last time. Um, but the Penske cars take off so good on restarts that I was, uh, like I said, happy that, that uh, Joey was behind me. He gave me another good push to uh, get down and side draft Danny and get by him. So um, Chad Johnson and everybody at our Chicken Astor Racing uh, shop does such an amazing job with our race cars, and we've been close to winning so many other races. Uh, we finished second six different times, and uh, it would be nice to have you know 30 more bonus points. But... Uh, we'll keep chipping away at it. Jack, congratulations on the win. And, you know, you, this is now your second consecutive win here at Michigan International Speedway, your third consecutive win on a two-mile track. What makes this team and this young driver next to you so strong on a track like Michigan International Speedway? Um, I feel like our mile-and-a-half program has been pretty good since the early of, early part of last year um, around Charlotte or Dover time. And I think we make our cars better every time we come. I think it suits Kyle fairly well, and he's really good about moving around, um, finding grip, and, and doing the things that he needs to do to get the car to do what he, he wants it to do. So I feel like we have a pretty good handle on where our balance needs to be. I, we're building really fast cars at the shop, and uh, you, you unload with speed, and it makes the weekend go a lot faster, and we just kind of got to tune it to to the comfort of, of him and, and whatever conditions we have on the track. So, you know, most of that goes – back to the shop and you know you don't make a car fast when it comes here you build cars fast at the shop and you know that's what we've been doing okay we will open the floor up for questions if you have a question please raise your hand we'll get a wireless microphone to you we'll start here on the left and work our way around Kyle Zackheiser, Hillsdale TV. As they just said, uh, your three wins have come on the two-mile variety, two here, one at Auto Club. Is there anything special that you enjoy about these two-mile tracks that uh, just make it all that much more better? Yeah, race cars are fast at them. Um, you know, Michigan and, and Fontana are, you know, very, very similar in shape and size, and um, but, you know, the, the racing surface is way different. You know, Fontana's rough and bumpy. Here is, uh, and, and it's wore out surface so you have to really really take care of your tires and move around find different lanes that work but you know here at Michigan you can um, your tires don't wear out quite as bad not nearly as bad and uh, your line doesn't move around a ton so um, but it's really fast got a lot of grip and uh, they're both they're both a lot of fun like I said because we seem to have good race cars especially when we come here um, it seems like since my rookie season we've always had fast cars here at Michigan you inherit a five-point uh, lead now in the series standings. What do you do going forward as you go to Fontana? Uh, Sonoma. Uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about Sonoma. Uh, I grew up, you know, about an hour and a half from there in uh, Elk Grove, California. So it's my my home race. Um, I'm gonna race. Uh, I was supposed to race tonight in the sprint car, but it got canceled in Ohio. But I'm gonna race tomorrow and 
and uh, Tuesday in the, in the sprint car and then fly out to Sonoma on Wednesday is the plan right now, unless they rescheduled uh, Waynesfield for Wednesday. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're going to go out there and, and kind of spend a couple days as vacation, uh, do a little wine tasting, uh, probably go hang out at Rico's uh, property one day and just relax and have a good time. Sonoma Sonoma's always one of the most fun events to go to because it's so different, such a nice area, and um, you get to you know do something different and turn right and downshift and all that, which is which is always fun. Okay, we'll go to Bob and then we'll go to Rob. Uh, Bob Hocker, CSPN. You, you know you have a great car. You, you're you're on the pole. On a day like today, do you feel like you know if you don't win, is it any more? Would it have been any more disappointing that maybe you didn't capitalize on an opportunity? Uh no. I mean, because I didn't. I, the the 78 was by far the class of the field. I thought. I know I led a lot of laps, but. Whenever he could, it seemed like whenever he wanted to get the lead, he like hit a nitro button and you just cruise up the lead and then check out. So um, he was the class of the field. I thought the 18 was next best. Um, the 20 was better than I was on the long run, but um, you know I, I thought we were probably a third or fourth place car. And then you know, to come out a winner, it uh, makes it that much more um, you know exciting, I guess. And um, you know I guess. It would be disappointing if I finished outside the top ten or something, but uh, you know, for not having the dominant car and to you know do everything right to get a win today was special. Okay, we'll go next to Rob, and then we'll go to Kyle. Rob Tiongson, theponyfinish.net. Kyle, congratulations! You got the weekend sweep in the Cup side in Michigan. You talked about it yesterday with me in the in the hauler about how you have such a fast race car, and you just every this season it just it just seems like you're so much better. Uh, expand upon what you mean by that in terms of like. Is there a better collaboration between you and Jamie McMurray's team? And then secondly, Al McCollum mentioned how important you are in terms of the, the, of the brand movement for Chevrolet. How much does it mean to you to hear that from someone like her? Yeah, I mean, I, Chad, I guess, would be the guy to, to answer that question on why he thinks we're a lot faster. Um, you know, he's at the shop at 7 a.m. or earlier every day working. And I think just all the, the hundreds of people that work there just, um, you know, kind of came together and, and put all their ideas into one and um, just built on everything. You know, I th we had a great off-season. Um, since I've been in Cup, we haven't had a good off-season. We always start the year off worse than where we, we ended it. And uh, this year was opposite. You know, we, we ended last year pretty good, but we started this year even better. So um, I think it's just everybody working together really hard and, um, you know, getting along good. And uh, we have a fun team, a fun race shop. So, uh, yeah, and then uh, as far as the – brand movement for Chevy. I mean, yeah, I love racing Chevrolets, and uh, I hope to hope to be in a Chevrolet for the rest of my life. Okay, Kyle? Well. That was Kyle Larson here in the Media Center, Stephen at Michigan International Speedway after winning the 49th Annual Casino 400. Our good friend Matt Humphrey there uh, taking care of all that stuff. Stephen, if you can, break down everything uh, with a Monster Energy Cup Series there at Michigan. Uh, but let everybody know what all happened. You got the floor, my friend. Oh, you know, Kyle Larson out there. He uh he did have one fast ride out there throughout the day. Uh but you know, he'd uh for some time there, you know, Truex did for the most part command that race. Unfortunately he during the latter part of the race, ended up finishing sixth out there, and uh, you know he he did have a very dominant, very fast car out there. Uh, but you know, 
going back to last year. You know, he did. Kyle Larson did uh, did pretty much uh, did everything that he could to uh, make sure that he came back off of that win here, which was his first win, and uh, backed that up from last year at uh, Michigan. So, uh, you know. I'm trying to think of anything else, you know, of any substance that really happened throughout the race, but uh, it's really what I can think of at the moment. <laughs> nah, yeah, I understand, but uh, Stephen, let's take a little quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll get all of our listeners caught up on uh, all the road course ringers coming uh, coming on board with some of the big name teams going to Sonoma Raceway this weekend. Uh, for our first road course of the season, uh, I'm Tim to Spain, uh, fly from Talladega, uh, alongside my good friend from SpeedwayDigest.com, Mr. Stephen Wilson, up in the Commonwealth of Virginia. We'll take a quick break. We will be right back live from Talladega, Alabama.
Fly from Talladega, you're in the pit stop with Tenda Spain and Stephen Wilson on the Speedway Digest Radio Network, Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher Radio, and your Apple Podcast. Welcome back live from Duggan Nation. I'm Tim in Spain, alongside my good friend from SpeedwayDigest.com, Mr. Stephen up in the Commonwealth of Virginia, right outside of Richmond International Raceway. Stephen, uh, let's talk some uh, road course racing. Uh, I know you don't really care for it, but we've had a lot of uh, a lot of road course ringers that have signed on with some with some big name teams. We had uh, Alon Day, VK uh, Racing, announced the other day. He's going to make his Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series debut at Sonoma this this coming weekend. And also, uh, BK Racing sent out a PR not too long ago. Uh, Silver Sport will be on board with Elon and BK as a with BK Racing as an associate sponsor in Sonoma. And also, BK Racing announced uh, that the number eighty three will not race, so they're going to focus everything on the number twenty three there with Elon Day at Sonoma. And also, Stephen, if you have it, I think Richard Petty Motorsports made it and uh, made an announcement uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, they got a road course ringer also. It's going to drive the number forty-three there. Uh, while Eric Amarola is healing from his uh, back injury, and uh, uh, the way it looks, they're going to set out uh, Bubba Wallace. But uh, you got the four, bud. And so Richard Petty Motorsports, they've got Billy Johnson, who has been in the IMSA series for quite some time. He's also raced um, in NASCAR Xfinity Series, um, the 24 Hours of Le Mans, uh, but this will be his first NASCAR Monster Energy Cup Series event. Uh, they're pulling Wallace out of the car this weekend because of the fact that he's never been at Sonoma Raceway before. Uh, he has raced at Watkins Glen, obviously, because of the Xfinity Series there, but because he's never been to Sonoma, they just felt that they needed to get somebody else and put them in the car. So Bubba Wallace will be back at and the number 43 next week in uh, Daytona. But, uh, you know, over Friday, Elon Day, he is, uh, you know, a NASCAR Euro Series uh, champion over there. He's come over, and uh, he is one of the NASCAR Next Series. And... Uh, in these, you know, and that NASCAR recognizes some of the new and upcoming drivers that they have in the various different uh, feeder series out there. He is uh, originally from from Israel. He's been competing in the NASCAR Euro Series out there. He's just been crowned the uh, king of uh, king. Uh, uh, oh man, uh, Lord, I just had it at the top of my. At the tip of my tongue, I was trying to. It happens, Stephen. It this. happens. We're live radio. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The king of brands hatch. Lord, I just had it right at the, ting- the tip of my tongue when I was trying to do this all at one time. Yeah. So Elon Day, he was uh, racing NASCAR Euro Series, and they were just running at Brands Hatch, and he was just uh, crowned the king there, um, winning everything over that weekend. So, you know, he's going to come out. He's going to come over here and run uh, in the number 23 car. And uh, so uh, for BK Racing out there, making his um, debut in that car. So uh, it will be interesting to see how his uh, 4K over here in the Monster Energy Cup Series is uh, another driver. 
Yeah, and Stephen, you know, you and I had, uh, I think you mentioned Canadian Tire Motorsports Park. You and I had Elon Day on, I think it was last year. I don't want to quote myself, but Elon, uh, he handled himself really, really well. And like you said, he is from Israel. And he done a great job. I think it was last year, like I said, on our show. Uh, but Elon, uh, he's a good driver. And like I said, he handles himself. You know, you and I talk about all this NASCAR net stuff with uh, with NASCAR trying to get all these drivers in there and get them media availability to sort of see how they're going to talk. But Elon does a really well job, Steve. Yeah, he does. And, um, you know, it's it's good that we've got others coming over from various other series um, coming over here, recognizing, and, uh, you know, some of the, you know, um, you know the, the potential over here and getting into some of the cars. And I think it will be good not only for the NASCAR Euro Series to, you know, also give them a little bit of light of day and, recognize you know some of their drivers but also you know them coming over here you know it's it's just good all around you know for to see some of this yeah it is awesome i mean you know bringing all these young drivers in the nascar diversity program like you and i promote a lot and you know matt humphreys always thanks you and i about promoting that steven let's uh we're coming up here uh we've been we've went well over the hour but uh I don't want to put you on the spot. I don't have it because I was looking on NASCAR media trying to see if there was any other stuff, checking my email. Do you have the uh, start times, TV schedule, and radio schedule for Sonoma this weekend, if you don't mind, my friend? Yeah. Um, so we're going to be we're gonna be running in two different places this weekend yet again. Um, so NASCAR uh, – NASCAR – Monster Energy Series will be in Sonoma. Uh, qualifying will be at 2:45. All times are Eastern. 2:45 Eastern. Uh, Sonoma Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series qualifying out there. Uh, this is on Saturday, and then on Sunday, uh, Monster Energy NASCAR uh, Series racing 3 p.m. This will bring an end to Fox Sports coverage. Uh, for the year, um, 110 laps, 218.9 miles. You can catch the final Fox Sports coverage for the 2017 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series season on FS1. Um, it will come to an end um, here and Sunday. Now, uh, going back over here, like I said, we're going to be racing at two different places, the Camper World Truck Series and the NASCAR Xfinity Series. They will be in Iowa, all the way on the other side of the country, so two <laughs> different places. I know. <laughs> yep. NASCAR, NASCAR Camper World Truck Series qualifying Fox Sports 1, qualifying 6.05 Eastern um, Friday. Uh, to be immediately followed at 8.30, NASCAR Cable World Truck Series uh, racing out there. 8.30, 200 laps, 175 miles for them. And then on Sunday, 6.15, NASCAR Xfinity Series qualifying on Saturday evening to be followed at 8.30. NASCAR 
NASCAR Xfinity Series Racing, 250 laps, 218.75 miles. Uh, Fox Sports 1 also has your coverage there. Uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series qualifying. Uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series again. Uh, this will be the end of their coverage on Fox Sports. Also move over to NBC uh, the next week at Daytona. Campy World Truck Series qualifying will, as it always does, stay on Fox Sports for the entire year. Take a breath, son. You okay, bud? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to call it a night. Uh, we're going to let Stephen Wilson let everybody know where they can, where they can follow him at on social media and his website. And uh, thank you very much for listening in. And just let all of our listeners know, uh, Stephen and I and Susanna are working on trying to get Elon Day next Tuesday night. We will let y'all know. We will be posting stuff on social media. But, Stephen, let, it, let everybody know where they can follow you on social media website, my friend. You can follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com forward slash Speedway Digest, and SpeedwayDigest.com. Damn, son, you do that very fast every week. <laughs> my good friend Stephen Wilson there, Speedway. <laughs> my good friend Stephen Wilson there, SpeedwayDigest.com. Up in the Commonwealth of Virginia, like I say, ever. I probably said it 45 times tonight, but y'all can get mad at me if you want to. Stephen, thank you very much. And tell AM and the boys we said hello, and we will talk to you live next Tuesday from Degan Nation. And again, I'm Tim Spain alongside SpeedwayDigest.com. Stephen Woods, we're going to sign off. We're going to play a song. We're, like I always say every week, see you next Tuesday. Have a good one, bud.
taste of good whiskey. I could turn it up or wash it down the drain. Either way, the end results the same. It'd be a waste of good whiskey. It'd be a waste of my time. Cause they don't make Jack strong enough to get you off my mind. There is. Drink it all, but you still wouldn't miss me. It'd be a waste of good whiskey. It'd be a waste of good. 